Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited today to chat with Wendy Turner. She is a second grade teacher in Wilmington, Delaware, and she was the 2017 Delaware Teacher of the Year. So this, you're a celebrity, Wendy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be here. Yeah, Pops Marazzi is everywhere in the background. They're all snapping pictures and stuff. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but Wendy is an expert on SEL. She's going to talk about what that is and how to connect it with STEM. And first of all, I want to share, if anybody wants to connect with Wendy, definitely check her out on Twitter at Mrs. Wendy M. Turner. And you can also find that in the show notes as well. So Wendy, just first off, give us a, a quick, what is SEL? Yeah. So SEL is everywhere in education today. People talk about it. You hear and see that hashtag mm-hmm. SEL. I call it the fine art of being human, right? Okay. I think it's what people, kids and adults need to be successful human beings. And it's things like understanding and managing your emotions, setting and achieving goals, um, showing empathy for others and having good relationships. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people say, I, I need to do some SEL. I need to teach these lessons or or are they something separate that you have in a binder that you do differently? And I say no. I say that SEL is really embedded in the language and the walls and the oxygen of your classroom. And once you can teach some key concepts and introduce some ideas, you can really have it there every moment in every activity. And um, I was thinking about this and how it lives in STEM. So it's great mm-hmm. to be able to talk to you about um, the intersection of SEL and STEM. And I believe it's it's really important in education. Yeah, and I'm so excited that that you uh, reached out to me, Wendy, because we've we follow each other on Twitter and there's so many great things that you're sharing and doing in your classroom. And if anybody hasn't already, check out uh, she's got this color-coded bracelet system that's pinned right to the top on, on Twitter. Uh, just such a great, simple idea. Tell us about it just because... Got to get to that first. Yeah. Okay. So there's five competencies for SEL and one of them is um, self-awareness and one is self-management. I'm in an elementary classroom and that means really being aware of your emotions. And then once you're aware of your emotions, can you regulate yourself? What do you do when difficult emotions show up? So I have my kids come in every day and put on either a red, green or a yellow bracelet And it just gives me information on how they're feeling in a nonverbal way. It's brilliant because before I'm even speaking to kids or we're getting into any work, I might say, oh gosh, that that kid over there may need a moment today because they're on yellow. They look upset. And it actually brings empathy into the classroom as well because the kids start to key on what bracelets each other's wearing. And, you know, someone might come in and say, yeah, my best friend was on red today and it got me worried and nervous. And I I was making sure I was taking care of them today. So it's, it's a really powerful, simple tool. I didn't even think of that aspect. My first thought is thinking about the teacher connecting with the student. But yeah, those students can connect with each other and realize maybe I normally like to just kind of tease and and joke around a little bit with my friend. But today's not going to be a good day to do that because they've got that red or that yellow bracelet on. And think about if they were working together on a STEM task that was particularly challenging. If someone couldn't bring their A-game to whatever was going on, how would they um, compensate for that or support that person throughout that task to help them still be successful? I didn't think of that at first either, but that's a powerful kind of cross-connection between students that I've noticed is invaluable. That's awesome. So if people want to find out some more information about SEL, that social and emotional learning idea, uh, castle.org is a great website for that. Yeah. So castle.org, castle stands for the collaborative for academic and social emotional learning. And they defined SEL 20 years ago. 
And they have what I love. They have a graphic. They've mm-hmm. got this wheel. And if you go on their website and I think you scroll down to the middle of the page and click on what is SEL, you're going to get this wheel that comes up. Mm-hmm. And the wheel has five sections in it, like a, you know, a pie. Yep. And there's five competencies, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, responsible decision-making, and relationship skills. So kind of internalizing those five things that I think are at the core of what I can, um, are going to help my students be successful. Even when students struggle with behavior and things like that, I always tell parents and frame it as, oh yeah, your son or your daughter is struggling with self-management rather than they're misbehaving. Because if I can point to the struggle in one of the areas, then I can think about what kind of supports to give them to help with the struggle in a particular area. Yeah. And, and this is more than just saying, oh, you're a good kid. Uh, yeah. or, or this kid is polite or kind or something. Yeah. It's, it's saying, let's actually talk about what specific aspects of those qualities, those skills that they really need to be not just successful in our classroom, but the rest of the school and in our homes and communities and in their jobs in the future. Yeah, you want them to go out and be productive human beings. You know, we only have nine, 10 months with these kids, but the real measure of our impact is what they take away and go out into the world with. So for instance, if you're thinking about self-awareness, you might think, okay, that means, do I notice kind of myself? What am I thinking? What am I doing? To be really specific about that, it means um, knowing your strengths and limitations, having um, a sense of confidence or optimism or self-efficacy, and even having a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the very basic concepts that I define early in the school year so I can bring them into STEM tasks with kids. Do you have a growth mindset? Do you believe you can learn how to do something new? And if you do not, what are you going to do about that? And we start developing growth mindset through everyday tasks. Like, yeah, did you ever learn how to do a cartwheel? Or do you think about how you had to learn how to ride a bike? Well, you had to do many things in different steps to get up to your end goal. And you were able to do that. So when you're faced with something difficult in school, whether it's academic or some type of STEM activity, you have to have that same kind of mindset with it. Something like that's powerful. Yeah. And just recently, I was working with my students and and I do a very hands-on kind of geometry class for 10th graders. And so many of the kids were struggling with just being creative and trying something. And they were all afraid to try something. And I think a lot of times those upper grade level teachers, they deal with kids that they're so used to, I need to do this thing that my teacher said. I need to fit in this box. This Whatever they said to hand in is on the rubric instead of being willing to try. And and that's some of those self-management social awareness, self-awareness kind of things to, to give them that little bit of freedom to try something. Yeah, I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. So what do I do when I feel uncomfortable? And what about the license to be creative? Mm-hmm. So my daughter's in geometry in high school right now. And yep. I think she's been pushed way out of her comfort zone by using color and using these graphic things, things that are not your traditional math tasks. Okay. Um, but once you kind of unlock that, mm-hmm. you see great things. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I'll hand out colored pencils and they're like, well, why do I have these? I just use my regular pencil. It's like, okay, then use your regular pencil. But I want you to see some of these steps going on. And so part of this with SEL focus, Wendy, is just to get kids to be willing to take new steps, next steps. Take risks. Have a growth mindset, literally. Do you believe you can learn and do something new? And if you do, what do you have to do? You have to try and fail. You have to try again. You actually have to be bad at it for a while before you're going to be good at it. And to bolster this in my classroom, I share stories about myself. So I shared a story about how I wanted to run a race in a certain amount of time. And I was so far from my goal, but through six, seven months of training and working up, I was able to do it. I couldn't go out and do it the next day. So we can also humanize ourselves um, in our classrooms by sharing our own stories of struggle, failure, and growth mindset. And I think that helps the connections between students and teachers around this because when we get right down to it, when we want our kids to do challenging things in our classrooms, they've got to trust us and they've got to believe in themselves. So that's a huge piece. 
Yeah. Now, again, we're chatting with Wendy Turner and you can find her on Twitter at Mrs. Wendy M. Turner. I know you mentioned already just having that wristband that kids could put on and, yeah. and just as a quick way to just kind of gauge how they're feeling when they come into the classroom. But what are some other ways that you can you can incorporate that SEL awareness and ideas, maybe even before, maybe let's not even talk about with the STEM aspect yet, but what are yeah. some ways that you can you can do that just to help kids figure these things out? So I love science. I've always loved science and STEM. So one thing you can do with kids, and you can do this with kids at all ages, is you can teach them about the brain. You can teach them about the parts of the brain and which Mm -hmm. part of the brain is responsible for emotions. That's your amygdala. People use a hand model. So the bottom of your brain is your brain stem, and that is responsible for helping you breathe and sleep and digest and having blood circulate, all the things you don't think about. Mm -hmm. And then the top part of your brain, the big part, you know, behind our forehead, that's our cerebral cortex. And that's responsible for decision-making and learning and executive function and synthesizing information. And your emotions are kind of in the middle. And if your emotions start to wiggle because you're triggered by something or you're not feeling so great, boom, you're going to blow your lid. And that's those emotions coming in. So if you teach kids how the brain works, you have them make a model of the brain. You have them label the different parts of the brain and have them think about what's going on, the science of it. Then they have a reason. They understand why things are happening. And then you can come up with a plan for those times when they're about to shut down or they lose it or they're angry or upset in the classroom. Because we want to teach them there's nothing wrong with those emotions. We just need to know what to do when they when they show up. Yeah. And I think anybody who has ever been in a classroom understands that kids all have these emotions and and they very often just kind of, like you said, they just kind of burst out. There they are. Yeah. Here's here's what I'm feeling. And and if we can help them have some some ways to be able to work with those and understand and realize that it's okay to have emotions, yeah. that's that's going to be powerful for them. And I'm sure you've seen it too. Like sometimes everything is fine and you're like, can you take out your pencil? And some kid just loses it. And you're yeah. like, wow, I just asked that kid to take out a pencil. What's going on? <laughs> it could be a litany of other things going on. And yeah. you just want to say, or I, I say it all the time, you're not in trouble right now, but I see that you're angry, sad, upset, fill in the difficult emotion. What are you going to do to get back on track and give kids tools and a menu of things? I need to walk. I need to go outside and take a sensory break. I need to do push-ups against the wall. I need to put my head down for a couple minutes. And I also think that as adults, something we can do is we can model what's going on because there's been times where I've been getting upset in class. People aren't listening or things aren't going well. And I'll say, Hey guys, I feel like I want to go take off my green brace and put on a yellow one. I need a minute too. And if we model that for them, again, that's that whole teacher-student connection piece. We humanize ourselves and they can say, oh, that's what Mr. Woods does when he gets upset. I can do that too. Or that's how I need to handle that. Yeah. So can you repeat that line for me, Wendy? uh, I see you're angry right now. Yeah, sure. In my classroom, it goes like this. A child is having trouble functioning. They're upset. Hi, I see you're angry um, slash sad slash upset. Um, slash annoyed, slash nervous or frustrated. What do you need to be successful right now? What can you do to handle your emotions? And then I have almost like a menu. Do you need a drink of water? Do you need a short Mm -hmm. walk in the hallway? Do you want to go to the cool down corner and play with some Play-Doh for a couple minutes? Do you need to put your head down? Um, would, Would a couple minutes of mindful coloring help you get back on track? And give them these options. And then they have this um, feeling of power in themselves. I'm choosing what I need to get back on track. And you're not in trouble. You're not pushing them out of the classroom because we know we don't want to get, we want to keep the kids in the classroom with us. And a lot of these things can be handled quickly in the classroom before they escalate. And before you know it, a kid's missing time and we don't want that. So you want to give them those tools. And that's so important, Wendy, that you mentioned right there at the, at the last part there that you're not in trouble and and remind our kids that it's it's not about being in trouble. It's just, understanding that emotions are okay and they're going to have emotions and figuring out the way to be able to handle them so that they can be that that great citizen in the, in the world. 
Um, I think a great way to have kids, particularly older kids, understand emotions is using emojis, which are kind of the universal language. <laughs> so I've got this big poster in my classroom that has emojis. And I had a couple sides labeled. One said positive emotions and one said negative emotions. And under the negative emotion side, it was like sadness, fear, nervousness, embarrassment, frustration. And this year, one of my kids, seven-year-old boy, raised his hand. He said, Mrs. Turner, sadness is not a negative emotion. And I said, you're right. I said, what can we rename it? And we renamed it difficult emotions. Again, like taking that um, negative idea out of these emotions, normalizing them and saying, okay, here they are. They're showing up. What are we going to do? Yeah. And so again, one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have Wendy on today's episode is that you have some great ideas for connecting that social emotional learning with STEM. And, And I think at first thought, probably none of us really think about those two as connecting, except that they're both really short acronyms that are really popular right now. <laughs> right, exactly. They're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, what are some ways to, to weave that in with your elementary? To support building relationship skills, which means mm-hmm. successful communication and collaboration, I do a ton of group work. And um, I use an idea sharing protocol that really forces the kids to listen to other people and think about what they're saying. So say I've got a STEM task out there, and I'll just talk about a simple one. Say I give a table of four kids, 20 index cards, and a foot-long piece of masking tape, and I say, uh, create the tallest structure that you can of those materials. Mm-hmm. My protocol will be, everybody think about the task for one minute silently. And they're sitting there, and I, it's, the room is dead quiet. Then after that, I go through a sharing protocol. Everyone around the table has one minute to share their idea, and yep. I have a talking piece with it, so that everyone, when the kid's talking, the other kids have to be looking and listening. Then after that, we go around and everyone says what they think the best idea is, or can they combine two of the ideas together to make an even better idea? And then they, when you go through those steps of listening, then they get to the collaboration piece where four people are working together to use that one new combined idea from everyone's initial ideas. So everyone feels heard, seen, and they come up with the best solution possible, and then they, they collaborate. That's awesome. As opposed to just, uh, I'm the loudest talker. I'm the kid yeah. that usually takes over in a group. That's- yeah. And how many times do you see the person who just sits there and may have the most brilliant idea, but doesn't have the yeah. verbal skills to go with it. And I've even told kids when you're sharing your idea, if you are not confident verbally or you don't want to talk, draw a picture of it and sketch it out and, and just point to it and let the kids see it that way. Because we've got all kinds of um, styles of communication and strengths. And we don't want to marginalize anyone who may not be the best verbal communicator in terms of language or comfort. So yeah. I use little whiteboards and things like that a lot to show their thinking and um, then they're, they're labeling things and saying what they would use. So that's one way I think you can build communication and collaboration and teamwork. And when they do that positively, when they're successful, that's just going to strengthen their relationships so that later that day when they're eating lunch near one of those kids at the table, they can just feel good with each other because they just work successfully together, even though they might be really, really different. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, kids are different. And that's such an important thing that we have to remember. You mentioned, um, group work. I mean, that's such a big uh, part of, of STEM and STEAM education. What are some other other thoughts, some, some good ideas if people want to do this? Yeah. So to build that growth mindset idea, which I think you need to bring into STEM tasks and collaborative tasks, um, I actually assign once a month a homework assignment where the okay. kids actually have to learn something new. And okay. so they have to track and journal what they're doing each day to learn that task. And then they can present it to the class the next week so they can see themselves being successful. And it also lets them choose something they're interested in. And um, I think that lets them see, yeah, if I'm going to get good at something, I've got to practice it a little bit until I'm successful. And then they can bring that into their task. That's awesome. I'm sure 
uh, people are probably listening and saying, these are some great ideas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know we mentioned uh, Castle and that's C-A-S-E-L.org, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if they want to, to start thinking more about uh, social and emotional learning, is, is that maybe the best spot to start or following the hashtag? Or That's a great spot to start. Another big part of uh, social emotional learning is empathy building. And okay. we know that that's huge. And I think when you look at STEM right now and problem solving in the world, there's a huge piece of um, empathy. We need kids to have it so that they can engage in perspective taking with people in other places that may or may not be different than them, and then bring that empathy piece to problem solving situations. And if I could, I just want to reference a great blog post about this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I use a tool in my classroom called Empatico and it helps you connect classrooms around the world. And they have a blog feature on their site. Their website is empatico.org. And they had this outstanding blog post um, that talked about how to build empathy across the curriculum, particularly with STEM. And they interviewed five different teachers from around the world, Canada, Vietnam, Nigeria, United States, UK. And this one teacher said that um, with science lessons, they pull in empathy in the following way. And I just love this. They say, here are the steps we take when we start thinking about science through a real world lens. We use our knowledge to solve scientific problems. That's using our head. We use learning to help people, animals, and nature. That's our heart. Mm -hmm. We start making things or product implementation that's using our hands. And then we think about the values that all of that brings through science. And that's our human part. So I just feel like that brings together everything. And then they talk about ideas um, about cleaning up ecosystems to improve the life of local wildlife, um, you know, by cleaning up waterways and things like that. When I think about um, engineering, there's an organization, I think it's similar to Doctors Without Borders, it's Engineers Without Borders, and they go to remote places and they build bridges across streets so people don't die going to school. Mm -hmm. So when you think about taking your STEM skill set and your problem-solving abilities and then putting it into these situations where you're empathizing with people somewhere that have a problem that you can help, I think that's like the most active engagement of uh, science and the heart that you could ever see. Yeah, great ideas, Wendy. So if teachers are doing a bridge project in their yeah. classroom or their school, don't just say, let's make a bridge to get across or, or to get pigs to go across to watch out for the Billy Groats gruff or something. Yeah. You know, say, let's make sure that there's a bridge because there's a rushing river here that, that these, these kids have to be able to get to school. And, yeah. and this actually happens somewhere. So, so pulling in that empathy piece is so important. And again, we'll make sure that we put that a link in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's a great one. So I think that what we want to remember with all this social emotional learning and STEM and science, it's all related. Mm-hmm. And it's all, all of this, you can use science to solve problems and help people. And that engages our heart and our humanity. And um, that's how you can be a successful human being. So yeah. if you can do that while you're doing that, if you can be aware of your own emotions and manage yourself. If you can work well with other people, if you can think about impact projects like green STEM projects, things like that, that's bringing it all together. Yeah. And again, that using that head and the heart and the hands uh, and that humanity to it. That's, that's a whole different 4-H, right? It's a little bit, a little bit different than the original 4-H, but yeah, that's great. And so I think a lot of the ideas that you shared with us today, Wendy, if I had to sum it up, I mean, because I'm not an SEL expert at all, it really helps us to focus on helping kids just be those human beings and not just, not just a human doing, you know, I mean, I know it's kind of yes. a, a common phrase, but, no, but not just, not just worried about uh, getting the kids to hand stuff in, getting the kids to get a grade, yeah. um, which I think a lot of us are, are really seeing as a, as a important focus of, of STEM and education in the future. 
Yeah. So it's um, how do you do human? And I keep myself accountable. I have a weekly newsletter I send out to my parents every week that talks about everything we do. And I have a social emotional learning section in that newsletter so that I can uh, talk about and think about all the things that we've done interspersed in all the different academic areas that grow these competencies in kids. And what parent isn't going to want to hear, hey, my kid is learning better how to handle their emotions, how right. to um, to deal with those kind of issues and things as they come up. Because again, that's not just helping that kid in that classroom, but that's making an impact for wherever they go. Yeah. And I, I think these principles apply at all ages. Like you can instantly relate to your kids, your high schoolers. Yeah. And then the, the biggest compliment for me is when a parent says, yeah, I've been noticing my child is better at this at home. Yeah. Um, and we're using the same language. Like I have this video I, I show to teach about the brain and I've shown parents that at conferences and um, they will use the same language at home so we can be on the same page and be working together. And then that's when you start to get some real um, results with people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again, chatting with Wendy Turner today. Again, you can find her on Twitter at Mrs. Wendy M. Turner. So excited about so many of these great ideas and almost feel like almost feel like we could have you on for a whole other show <laughs> with, with more, more ideas. So maybe off in the future, we can, we can definitely do that as well. Um, Wendy, just a, a last question that I do like to ask everybody because this this helps to see what's in what's in your heart. Um, if you could have somebody come into your classroom from STEM, past or present, and and just inspire those kids, who would it be? So um, I would say Mae Jemison because okay. I'm in her I'm in awe of her journey as a uh, African American female becoming a doctor and then a NASA scientist in the coming of age in the 1970s and making all of her dreams come true. And I just want to ask her what that was like, like what kind of perseverance and growth mindset did you have to access and engage in to make all of those incredibly powerful dreams come true? And then after that, she's gone on and started foundations and all kinds of great human impact things. So I think the kids would love to see to see her and hear about um, her journey. Yeah. And I can imagine so many different things that everybody, but especially someone who's a, who's a NASA astronaut has to think about how to, how to handle all those emotions. I mean, you're right. launching into space. I mean, right. come and on. I mean, that's- the, the first African-American female. So not only were you just trying to be an astronaut, which is incredibly difficult, you were the first black woman to do that. Yeah. Like, what was that like, you know, that layer that on top of just the task of becoming a doctor and the task of becoming an astronaut um, in a very interesting period of time? You know, she was born in the late 50s. Um, so just kind of taking her whole experience to heart and letting kids um, hear about that. I think it would it ties together the heart and um, her humanity and, and the science and everything else. What it yeah. is. So think about the kids in our classrooms. I mean, which ones of them can someday be that one launching into space? Um, yeah. Doing those incredible things, or whatever it is that's the, their passion, their their thing that they uh, want to do and accomplish. Um, but hey, if anybody's listening to the show and they happen to know May Jamison, um, definitely, definitely <laughs> shout her have, out. Tell her I'd love to meet her. Right, get her on the show, of course, with you. <laughs> well, or no, I mean, have her have her be able to uh, connect with Mrs. Wendy Turner, and um, and that'd be that'd be awesome if if she could. Um, if anybody knows, please uh, right. con- contact Well, me. And someone sitting in one of our classrooms, Chris, is going to be one of the first people on Mars, right? Because oh, we're yeah. teaching the Mars generation right yep. now. So oh, yeah. think okay. about that. That dream's got to be in there for a lot of our kids. Yep, yep. So again, I really appreciate just so many of the great ideas that you've been able to share with us today. Um, any other last thoughts you could, you could leave teachers with? So just with your kids, do human and then help them do human. Um, bring, bring these practices into your classroom, no matter what you teach. I don't care if you're teaching language arts. I don't care if you're teaching seniors in high school advanced uh, an AP science class, you're teaching kindergartners. Um, It matters for all of us. And don't be afraid to try something new and different. And if you have a question, 
reach out to me. I, I, one of my favorite things to do is problem solve through what should I do in this situation? So go for it. Just try, try something new and different and see where it takes you. Yep. And reach out to, to Wendy uh, at Mrs. Wendy M. Turner on Twitter or reach out to me on Daily yeah. STEM on Twitter. Uh, I love answering those questions as well. It's so much fun. Um, Wendy, just thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate all your wisdom and um, just, just your heart for kids. Thank you for having me here. It was great. I appreciate it, Chris. Yeah. And again, you can um, find all the great episodes if you subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use to listen to the STEM Everyday Podcast. And again, if you want to connect with me, find me on Twitter at DailySTEM or at DailySTEM.com and just find great ways to be able to reach out to those kids and love those kids in your classroom today, educators. You guys are superhero teachers. Keep up the good work. You've been listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find out more information about this or other episodes, please visit RemarkableChatter.com or DailyStem.com.